Welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, chatting to some of the UK's leading business professionals, sharing tips, insights, and advice on how to create amazing customer experiences whilst building bigger, better, and more profitable businesses as a result. What can you do in your business today and in the years to come to truly delight your clients? What exceptional experiences can you give them to take away and cherish? How can you delight the most important person in the world? Satisfaction makes you one of many. Delighting clients makes you the only one. And you can't be just one, you have to be the only one. Hello and welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan. Have you ever wondered why there are some brands that customers just can't live without? And do you think it's possible to make price irrelevant? My guest today will show you how to do both. He is the World Authority on Customer Experience, an international consultant, keynote speaker and best-selling author of five customer service books. His newest book, The Relationship Economy, Building Stronger Customer Connections in the Digital Age, could not be timelier in the world we're living in right now. He's worked with some amazing companies like the Ritz-Carlton, Lexus, Starbucks, Nordstrom, Nestle, Marriott, PwC, Harley-Davidson, the list goes on and on and on. Please welcome an amazing gentleman and really my great pleasure to have on the show today, John DeJulius. Thank you. It is such a pleasure and an honor. Well, it's lovely to get here. How's things in Cleveland today? Uh, snowy, very snowy, but pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I, I, we haven't had snow here yet. It is minus something at the moment, <laughs> but uh, at any point now, any point now, it'll start to look a lot more like Christmas, yeah, yeah. which is always, always, always lovely. John, how did you get started in the world of customer service? Take us back in, in, in your history. Uh, you know, uh, by an accident. Uh, when we, uh, we opened 27 years ago, me and my wife opened a very small hair salon, uh, four chairs, 900 square feet. And uh, right. we had no money, no customers and no employees. And right. there was, uh, uh, you know, you could th throw a rock and hit 10 salons in either direction. And, and so uh, we couldn't outspend them, advertise them. We couldn't, you know, build a, a nicer place than they had. So, uh, you know, my focus was just to, to offer a, a world-class customer experience, not only that they could, couldn't get in the salon and spa industry, but anywhere else, anywhere else. I wanted that it right. to be the best experience in their day. And um, it started working. And all of a sudden, you know, we started knocking down walls and expanding and doing that a few times and opening up, you know, bigger, more locations and, uh and so as a result in the in the mid 90s uh because of our growth and our reputation for customer service people started asking me to speak and and every time i spoke um that would lead to two or three more opportunities of organizations hiring uh -huh. me and then i wrote my first book um, on customer service in 2002 and that pretty much mm -hmm. vaulted me out of the salon industry and full-time speaking and consulting 
Do you know it's it's interesting? I, I often talk about um, about hair salons as kind of the the Jedi Knights of repeat business. You know, they're absolutely magnificent at getting people to come back. Um, but that service level thing of really wanting to be a part of it is is something very special. And you're and you're you still got the chain. Well, you've it's a chain now, isn't it? it? Is that it is? It am is. I, right? I still I still uh, have them. I'm not um, actively involved, but I still have them. Fantastic. And you, the latest book, Relationship Economy, where does that fit within within the whole scheme of uh, of customer relationship and, and service excellence? Well, you know, we're, we're at a seismic shift happening in the world today. And with all the conveniences and benefits technology is bringing us, it's come at a significant cost. And that cost is just human interactions, that which is vital to customer loyalty, employee satisfaction, and, and overall happiness. And the pendulum right. has swung so far over to high tech, low touch or no touch that, uh, you know, today's illiterate are those who have an inability to make a meaningful connection with others. It's uh, it, I talk about the, uh, the world being a click away and it certainly is, but that disruption, the digital disruption has changed business in other ways, hasn't it? Totally. I mean, totally. And, and listen, technology is not the enemy. I love technology and I'm guilty of having every gadget and using every device I can. But, but um, using yeah. it to eliminate the human experiences, and I'll give you an example. There's a, uh, a wireless uh, carrier in, uh, in Canada that now uh, penalizes their customers if they call in to speak to support or about their bill, um, they charge you $10 so, so, uh, on, on your account if you oh. want to speak to a human being. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's going too far. Oh, it drives you crazy when you can't contract them without having to pay for right. it. But having to pay for it, just uh, you know, you know, the, the, even even Amazon now allow you to. Well, they phone you, don't they? Of course, but um, you know, they had to change things because people like to talk to people, don't they? You know, it, it, listen, no one's loyal to an app. No one's loyal to you know a website. Um, you know, the emotional connection is 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 made with other people, and it's easy to fire a company. But it's not it's not easy to fire someone you know and someone that that has been there for you. You give you give people you know and and have built an emotional connection with you a second chance and 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 you work with them and and that's the key and that's where too many businesses are are again going too far over to the high tech no touch um, for productivity and and listen we need to mm -hmm. marry the digital with the uh, human. And you use the the uh, digital and technology for you know fast uh, you know uh, transactional uh, parts of of the experience, freeing up your customer facing employees to work on what's most important, building those relationships that delight the customer and and really delight the employee. Do you know it's uh, it's in, when you say that kind of that convenience thing and and using that technology? There's obviously you know in lots of supermarkets these days. You go in, you grab whatever you need, you swipe it yourself, you stick your card on, and off you go. Um, and there's a, a one that's just opened in London. Sainsbury's have opened a, a completely digital shop. So you go in, you load your app, you go in there, you sw you, you scan on your phone, and you walk straight out. No no checkouts at all. Um, but they still have to have people there because no one can work the the silly thing. Um, so they have to stand there, and and the queue for being helped is is enormous. It's, sometimes it's just uh, I don't know. Does technology go too far in places like this? Do you think? Oh, always, always. I mean, listen, I, I like the opportunity. I like the option. Um, 
but uh, you know, but but they say by uh, twenty twenty five, the year twenty twenty five, there'll be more machines in the workforce than human beings, and artificial intelligence will have everything, be able to do everything that we're doing today, from lawyers to judges to doctors to nurses, driving to construction, and something I just found out, I never heard of this, mm-hmm. but there's artificial intelligent brothels. Um, I'm not, I'm not endorsing, I'm not judging, I'm just reporting. <laughs> uh, do you know, John, when every time I do this podcast, uh, you know, I, I, every now and then I'm just completely surprised by what somebody says. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I mean, someone sent man. that to me. You want to talk about, oh. you know, you don't need another human being as long as you live, I guess. Well, uh, do you know what? What a sad world. It's um, it can be very isolating, can't it? The digital world. Um, you talk about the touchscreen age. What do you mean by that? So the touchscreen age we're all living in, and it's not generational specific. I know us, you know, old fogies love <laughs> to beat up on on the millennial generation, and, and but you know, first thing we got to remind ourselves is they're the generation we raised, yeah, right? right? And and they're the ones that we handed an iPad to, to occupy them so we could, you know, be productive in our lives. But the touchscreen age, we have, we have everyone using devices from grandparents to six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, there's a rapid decline in people skills that has just um, caused so many negative uh, ramifications. Um, we have a lack of social skills. Doctors have said a lack of social relationships is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day, has the same uh, side effects, uh, lack of social relationships is smoking 15 cigarettes a day, wow. as well as doctors have also recognized uh, a term called digital dementia. And, and they, they have looked at heavy users of digital devices and they've done brain scans mm-hmm. and they are similar to patients who've sustained brain injuries. That's really scary. That's frightening, isn't it? It's, um, I mean, there's lots of things I love about them. I'm, you know, my, my father, well, unfortunately, dad, my dad's no longer alive. He, I wish he had been while we, when we had this technology because it would have been so nice to be able to, you know, send photos and let him see Facebook and, you know, follow what people we're doing day to day where, where we weren't able to do that before. But the negative side of, of that, that kind of isolation that can come from it, I think, is, is quite worrying. No, absolutely. And, and listen, for all the business people listening, make no mistake about it. The lack of social skills our society has today is the responsibility of business leaders to fix. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't skip this generation of employees, right? The next generation, uh, you know, and, and this generation, the next generations are relationship disadvantaged at no fault of their own. Um, and, and so we have to teach them, we have to teach them and, and, and what may be common sense to baby boomers and, and, and about relationship, uh, the art of building relationship is not common sense to them. And so that's really where, where the book goes is how to develop relationship, uh, building techniques and to train that to your employees, mm-hmm. because the ones that are doing it are, are just dominating. I, it, and they're so obvious, aren't they? But it's so we go. Aren't we going back in time? I mean, I, I was in my favourite coffee shop this week. You know, Mario's there. He said, "Hi, James. How are you? Espresso today?" And you know, he knows me. He knows what I, what I'm all about. He's uh, you know, we've built a proper level of rapport between us. Um, and I wouldn't go anywhere else. I really wouldn't. Um, but that's how. And, and, and James, you know, I bet you there's 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 several places 
possibly more convenient to where you live or where you work mm -hmm. and they could be cheaper. Oh yeah. But you won't go anywhere. And that is exactly what the definition of making price irrelevant is that, that, that your, your cafe is doing to you mm -hmm. is that, that the experience that they're providing consistently, you have no idea what their competition charges because you're not out looking. You're not price shopping them. John, I don't know what their competition charges, and I don't know what they charge. If you ask me right now, what does it cost me to buy a latte? I have no idea. Right. And I don't care. And that's, and that's why I say uh, making price irrelevant yeah. is, uh, you know, we all have, you know, a few businesses we're so loyal to. Now, I've been the, the, the idiot that's driven three extra miles to save 50 cents on something, <laughs> not realizing I just lost in that exchange. But, like, yeah. you know, my, one of mine is, uh, his name is Hoop. His name is his real name is Brian Hooper, and he's a right. he's a handyman. I use I've used him for thirty years, and all my businesses change. It doesn't work for me, but changes everything from light bulbs to you know knocking down walls, doing basements, and remodeling all this. And greatest guy ever. And and whenever I hear someone that needs something, I go, "Oh, you got to use hoop." And they're like, yep. well, "What's a hoop?" I'm like, "Oh," and I <laughs> tell them how great he is. And, and and just like you said, someone always says to me, "Well, how much does he charge an hour?" Because my handyman charges a hundred and five. And like you, I'm embarrassed to say I have no idea. Um, I could you know call my assistant; she could pull up his last invoice. But I don't care. He might be one fifty. He might be eighty. I don't care because I know I save over the long run with peace of mind, trust. He, he saves me money from doing what's right, not always what's best for him. Well, that that's the mark of of a good person, isn't it? Who does or anyone in business uh, who who does the right job rather than the job that works for them. What you, when we we talking about touchscreens a minute ago, and I know, um, well, I really enjoyed in in the book talking about mental stimulation addiction. Is that connected? What how do you what, what's what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, you know, James, I, I guarantee you, you probably, uh, you know, will. Uh, painfully recognize what I'm going to describe to you. Uh, I do. So I'll go to a doctor's office, let's say, and I'll be sitting there waiting. And, uh, you know, I pull out my, 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 my iPhone and I'll, I'll look at all my different things, text, emails, uh, all my social media channels, ESPN and headline news. And then I'll put mm -hmm. it down and without even thinking about it, 15 seconds at the most go by, I pick it up and search all those sites again. Like what could have happened in 15 seconds? And <laughs> so they say, you know, mental stimulation addiction is a crisis because um, our society is less creative and less innovative because our brains are atrophying. You know, if we've ever had a, a cast on something, our leg, and you take the cast off and that muscle is just shriveled up, well, that's uh -huh. what we're doing to our brains because we're outsourcing our brains to our, to our digital devices. And we don't sit and we don't, we don't get bored. And that boredom is where the creativity comes. You know, you always say you get your best ideas in the showers. Well, we either need to take more showers right? Mm -hmm. Or do yoga, do meditation. You know, so, so, so in the book, I talk about the first place we got to start building a relationship was with ourselves. And you got to find ways to, to be bored and let ideas come to you. And, and I'll give you one example that I've been doing. You know, I like to run and, and I'm always listening to a podcast or ESPN or something when I run. And now mm -hmm. I try a couple of days a week to not listen to anything, which at first was like unbearable. But mm -hmm. I will tell you, when I get home, I have to run a panically looking for note, paper, and pen because I have so many ideas that came to me. 
Um, but if, if we didn't do that, if I didn't do that, those ideas wouldn't have been allowed to come into my mind. Do you know what, John? I was talking to um, to James Taylor this morning, who uh, recording um, a, another episode of, of this show, and he's uh, yeah, a world expert in creativity. And we were talking about showers and having a notebook outside, and 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 being around nature, and how being in nature actually sp- inspires you to think. Um, and to spend time just with with your thoughts, taking taking things in different directions rather than you know sitting at a computer and trying to knock out some you know wonderful wonderful thing. Um, it sounds like that's what you're doing. You mentioned meditation as well. Is that something you you get involved with? I, I don't. I, I like to. Uh, I, and you know, I've tried yoga, and you know, I'm a little uh, high strung, but it's something I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to gravitate towards more. But I do sit and and, and just chill a little bit, and, and it helps. I, I, I like to get uh, because I have spas. I like to get uh, regular massages, which is another source of man. When I get up after the massage, I'm looking for anything to frantic because so many thoughts. <laughs> come to my head and so if if any of your listeners are feeling you know a, a lack of creativity that's where they got to start is is like 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 uh, james said um you know b- build that relationship with yourself put yourself in situations um there was a great ted talk called from boredom to brilliant and 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 that's what it means is, is when you're most bored is when your brain is, is it becomes most brilliant Oh wow, that's a, that's a fantastic thought. I'm going to have a look at that as soon as I, as soon as I get a chance. John, what do businesses need to do differently now then to compete in the in the new economy in the relationship economy? Well, I mean, the relationship economy is where the primary currency is the emotional connection made with customers, employees, and vendors that results uh-huh. in your organization becoming the brand people can't live without. So they got to use technology to perform the basic tasks, enabling employees to to build uh, relationships that result in higher customer loyalty, retention, lifetime value, and job satisfaction. They need to, um, you know, do the same thing, create a culture that creates emotional connections with their employees. Um, turnover is high and, and it, it's because we're, we're, you know, not building it internally. And finally, the most important part of this is they have to uh, create a relationship building training for new and existing employees um, that is not common sense anymore. And, mm-hmm. and th- that is the key is, is making sure you have soft skill training uh, just as much as you have the operational and process uh, training. Do you know, I, I well, obviously we, we're in very similar worlds, John, and we talk a lot with businesses who are very good at training the technical, um, not training the soft. When they talk to you about the ROI, they say, John, yeah, great, okay, but it's going to cost us money and what are we getting back from it? What do you say to them? Oh, that's my favorite. I mean, there's irrefutable evidence of the return on investment. I mean, the the the, the uh, Watermark Group did a a, a eleven year study from two thousand and seven to two thousand and eighteen, um, and now obviously that covered both the Great Recession to you know the uh, an economic boom, and they compared mm-hmm. three. Uh, types of companies. And these companies, uh, the first company uh, they looked at was the uh, the customer experience laggards, the, the bottom 20%. And over mm-hmm. that 11 year period, they uh, enjoyed a 63% return on investment. They compared that to the S&P 500, who over that 11 year period had 138% 
return, which was you know more than double the customer mm. experience laggards. And then the top 20% customer satisfaction companies across all industry had a 183% return on investment, which was which is 133% wow. more than the S&P 500 and over 300% over the laggards and so it, it baffles me that why everyone doesn't make you know customer experience or single biggest competitive advantage well it, it, when you start talking about numbers like that it uh, it's a no-brainer isn't it absolutely when when we when we start training people when we start explaining to them well retraining them in in relationship building rapport is obviously a big a big part of that and you've got a little acronym haven't you which i really love ford what does ford stand for well you know the the, the we're all pre uh i mean we're all genetically coded to be preoccupied with ourselves right it's it's my mm. flight that was delayed it's my client that's upset with us it's my son that may have gotten in trouble yesterday at school and you know that, that that's a hard thing to battle and and so but when you meet people you got to keep the focus on them them we got to remember that that everyone has an invisible sign above their head that says make me feel important and and the greatest gift we can give anyone is the gift of our attention and so how mm -hmm. do you do that and so what we teach ourselves our clients my three boys is whenever you meet someone, you have to focus on their Ford. And if you can focus on their Ford, you not only built a relationship, you own the relationship. And so Ford stands for family, occupation, mm -hmm. recreation, and dreams. You know, family, is he married? Does he have kids? How old are their kids? Occupation, what's her job title? How long has she been doing it? What company does she work for? Recreation might be one of the hottest buttons. That, that's, you know, what, what do they like to do with their free time? Are they runners? Do they, they love dogs? Hot yoga, whatever, coach Little League, whatever that may be. And then the dreams. What's their 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 on their bucket list? What's their encore career? What is, you know, their dream vacation? When you go to, you say, I'm just imagining going into a networking event and you know a breakfast somewhere at Chamber of Commerce, wherever it might be, and you know people start talking and uh, you know I, it, it always delights me when they say, "Hey, let's talk business," and I think, "No, no, let's just find out who we are and and what we know right. and like together and you know build that kind of that nice thing." And I guess that that's a really nice little analogy there to give people a a kind of idea of what should I be asking about, what should I be thinking about, how do I get to know this person. I, you know, I, I personally am not a networker. I'm, I'm probably the worst networker there is. I never have a business card on me. And, um, you know, I don't believe in networking, but I do believe in building social capital. Uh -huh. and social capital is just a, a, a human library of, of resources of people you've just built that, you know, they can call you, you can call them and share knowledge and introductions. And Tony Shea, the founder of Zappos says it best. He said, stop trying to network in the traditional business sense. Mm -hmm. And instead just try to build up the number and depths of your friendships where you're the friendship itself is its own reward. And I love that. Yeah. Fent. I mean, he's not, not that successful, but he'll get there eventually, won't he, Tony? So <laughs> he'll figure it out. <laughs> so, what is that? Where when you said you don't like networking, is that, is that where it comes from? Yeah, probably. I'm I'm just not a networker. Uh, you know, I, I but I, I love uh, to be an investigative reporter, and I think we have to have an, an insatiable curiosity, and you know, where we're dying to learn about others, and a lot of this, you know, stem from from you know major faults I had early on. If you would have met me 30 years ago um, and you couldn't talk to me about 
baseball or customer service, I just could not stand to be, to be around you. I mean, that, you know, I, I'm embarrassed of that. Right. But like if my wife said, honey, we're going to go out with, you know, Joanne and her husband. Oh, good God. No, you know, and, and, and you know, because he wasn't interested in what I was interested in. Right. But I, 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 I've really learned and now I just dive and I find out what your hot buttons are. And it might be fly fishing, which, you know, it would never be on my radar. But I will just drill you about fly fishing and, and three things always happen happen right from from it the first thing is um you know i i i enjoyed it i learned something and 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 mostly because of the passion that other person might have i might not go out and fly fish tomorrow but i can see why he he enjoys it so much the second thing is that that person loves me right because he got to talk for two hours about which means i won points at home with my wife right which is which is most important right yeah and then the third thing this always happens I will find myself in the next six to eight months in front of a CEO, maybe in his office, right? Trying to, to, to acquire a relation. And I will see a picture of him fly fishing on the wall or whatever yeah. we might have talked about six yeah. months ago. And as a result of that conversation, I am able to go deeper with somewhat of an you know intelligent conversation with them. It always comes back to benefit you yeah. in the strangest way. Well, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I love learning about people and I love learning about the things that they're interested in. But I can't remember who said it and it's, it, you know, you read so many books in your life but at, at some point this quote came to me or I, I grabbed hold of which said to be interesting you just need to be interested for someone to find you quote. interesting you just need to be interested in them and it, I, I, I must find out who said it because it certainly wasn't me but I've definitely stolen it um but it's so, I, I've so said true. It a million times you could- you could say it was me, but, but which would be true. Hey. I have said it a million times, but I am not the original. Well, I'll that. give it to you, John. I'll, I'll, whenever anybody asks me, so that was John DeJulius. That's the man. What, what's, what's being in a client's foxhole? What do you mean by that metaphor? You know, uh, you know, we, we everyone has a a, a foxhole, right? A, a, and we all mentally, metaphorically have a foxhole, a personal and a physical. Uh, I'm sorry, a personal and professional. So if if we were under attack tonight, and and, and you know the world was going to end, obviously that personal foxhole. I'm bringing my my significant other, and 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 depending on the day, most of my my my, my kids, right? <laughs> um, if it's a, a you know now professional, I say you only can fit three partners three three partners you know uh-huh. the ceo can only fit three par- are you gonna do you have a spot in in your that your client the ceo uh foxhole you know and and where he says you know hey you know what about our banker now we could we can we can start over tomorrow and find someone probably cheaper right when mm-hmm. they get to you can, can they live without you can they fathom life without you and you know the way you, you do that is it, it, first you got to love what you do and make it obvious people have mm-hmm. to hear your passion your clients should never meet anyone smarter than you at what you do um, you need to go ugly early, and that means if, if it's bad news, you make sure you you are transparent and you tell it. You got to be a mm-hmm. resource broker. I have a, a a client of mine that said this to me. He 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 said to me and just floored me when he said this. He goes, "I hope I die before my banker," and I'm like, "What?" 
He says, yeah. He goes, I can't. I could not live without him. I'm like, what are you talking? I couldn't care less. I wouldn't even go to the funeral of my banker. What, what are you talking about? And, and this is what he said. He said, my banker is my, one of my most important advisors to the point that if I'm thinking of changing our wallpaper at our corporate offices, I would call him first. And then he says, I'm pretty sure pretty sure my, my banker doesn't know crap about you know wallpaper. But I know he'll know someone that does, and I was floored. I that that is how I want to be thought of. That there's no one smarter at what I do than me. But I'm also there for my clients. Anything they need, that I will make sure that they get the best. You know, that I'm the, I, I want to be their resource broker. Oh, if you could be that, then you've got it made, haven't you? I was, I was talking to Bob Berg, who, um, who you know, is obviously <laughs> very well known for the for his expression, you know. But go giving, giving more. Um, you know, I know you talk about giving more. It's a very similar concept. Um, it's the same, isn't it? It's it's being the person who can give and help and is available to do that whenever they need it. Yeah, those are my two favorite words. If I can get them tattooed on my forehead, I would, if it wouldn't look too silly, but uh, uh, give more. I love those words. And, and, and the reason why is, you know, we live in a very cynical society today and our agreement says, our contract, our, you know, whatever, you know, says that you have to do A, B, and C and I'm, I'm, I have to do X, Y, and Z. But too often, too many of us um, wait and make sure the other party does A, B, and C before they do what they're supposed to. So what I try to teach myself, my boys, my employees, my clients, is do X, Y, and Z first and throw in W. Even though W wasn't part of it, even though they weren't expecting W, mm -hmm. throw it in. Always do more. And, and, and don't wait. Don't keep score. And don't have a good memory. Uh, don't remember three years ago when someone didn't do what they'd say. Don't let that ruin it. Giving more mm -hmm. is one of the, the the best ways to build long-term sustainable relationships. And, and, and that means if you borrow someone's pickup truck to move furniture, you give them that truck cleaner and with more gas than how they gave it to you. Do you know what? If we we could finish right now and that would be enough, John, that is absolutely fabulous. But I want to ask you one big question. Just one, your big golden nugget, the one thing that you would like to leave people with today that will make their businesses, well, that's something they can do that will make their businesses better for today and better for the years to come. What would that be? Hmm. I, I think uh, of the only thing I, I could truly brag about is, is the people I, I choose to surround myself. I've never been a collector. Um, I collected baseball cards when I was really young until my mother threw mm -hmm. those out. But since then, I think uh, that, that kind of scarred me. And, uh, but, you know, what someone told me about five years ago was that, you know, I do collect something very rare and, and it, it's unique people from, from my closest friends to I have three companies to the people that, that lead my companies. Um, I, I'm very protective on who I will let in because we are all, you know, we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. We hear all those cliches, but it's so true. And we, mm -hmm. we, we it's contagious. And, you know, the type of friends I have, they've been married for 25 plus years. You know, you got two types of, of people, you know, one that will say, you know, hey, let's have another beer um, you know, even though you told your wife you'd be home in, in 15 minutes and the other says, Hey, you need to get, you need to get home. Um, let's, uh, let's get up early and get out running. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and it's really important. And, and, and all my successes, it's, it's because who I've surrounded myself with, I've been guilty of by association. 
Fantastic. John, thank you so much for your time. So many great thoughts and things there. Um, It's been lovely chatting with you. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Only One Business Show, and I look forward to sharing your company again very soon. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so wherever you pick up your podcasts. And in the meantime, have a great day. Bye for now.